Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are in the world and what time it is when you're tuning in. This is Perrin Desports, and I'm your host for the Group Practice Accelerator podcast from Polaris Healthcare Partners. If you're an entrepreneurial dentist or other healthcare provider, and you're interested in building a successful group practice, you've found your primary resource for some of the industry's best business education. My partner, Dwalker Sinha, and I have decades of experience helping people just like you launch, scale, and ultimately exit successful group practices. In short, we create clarity, confidence, and results. Well, welcome everyone to episode 20 of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. It's strategies and tactics around affiliations. And I'm going to be bringing back the little man behind the big microphone. That's right, DeWalker Sinha, my partner, is going to be joining me today. I'm thrilled to have him back on. And judging from the market response around this concept of affiliations that we launched two podcasts ago, I know you're all going to be interested in what DeWalker has to say. It'll surely be another note-taking episode. So get your pad and pen ready. Brew another cup of that awful Keurig coffee, but only if you have to. We're ready to roll on the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. Once again, welcome everyone to episode 20 of the Group Practice Accelerator podcast. I'm Perrin Desports, and you know me as your host. You also know from my introduction that I'm joined behind the microphone once again today by the little guy, DeWalker Sinha. And some say that in an interest to increase diversity and inclusion, he once took country line dancing lessons. DeWalker, is that true? <laughs> yes. I think it is. We might have learned something about the big man. Welcome to the show once again, partner, uh, literally. Want to say hello to everybody out there? Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. So DeWalker and I, as we were putting together this podcast, were uh, presented with a series of challenges around our uh, uh, audio um, mechanisms and, and headsets. DeWalker is doing this off of his iPhone, but that still has better reception and clarity than the BlackBerry he gave up a couple of weeks ago. So we're excited to have him behind the mic today. And obviously, he and I are incredibly excited about this affiliations concept that we've been talking about, that you've probably all been reading about, listening about, and asking about over the last several weeks. This is episode 20. It's the third installment in the affiliations series for us. And we're going to talk about strategy and tactics today. You've heard from me on a prior episode You've also heard from me and Ryan Metzler of Stock Legal on a prior episode. And today I'm going to give DeWalker a lot of room to roam, as they say in Texas, um, to cover a lot of aspects of affiliation from his perspective. So you can hear from him. So DeWalker, do you want to uh, just kind of refresh uh, conceptually the way you think through affiliations and, and also candidly just kind of share some excitement with the audience around this concept? We've been working on it for a while now, and I think it's uh, been received very well uh, by the audience. Take it away. Yeah, uh, thank you, Perrin. Yeah, I think uh, you know we've been working on this uh, on a conceptual level, looking at the legal aspects of it, the financial reporting aspect of it, the step-by-step -step conversation aspect of it for a few years to to really uh, fine-tune you know what we think is going to be an impactful solution 
similar to our associate equity model of uh, RSU, RMUs, and profits interest, I think this is going to be an impactful solution to the market. Um, you know, being a, a you know, previous banker, I think it's uh, somewhat significant to have a solution in the market that allows you aggregation in the space without having to take on additional debt. Uh, we do think, you know, getting the right capital structure and debt is going to be impactful for growth. Uh, again, from our previous podcast, mergers and acquisitions, there's going to be transactions where, you know, just, you know, uh, acquiring a practice, um, you know, no role over equity might be a good solution. But, uh, you know, just from our previous podcast, there's going to be a, a segment of the market of uh, uh, that, you know, that is looking to affiliate with a larger platform. Uh, they don't want to give up equity control of what they've already built up, but they don't mind, part- you know, working with a bigger group to participate on the upside. So I think this affiliation solution allows many of our doctor-founded, funded groups to go out into their community, into the market of their 30 to 50 mile radius, uh, have the right conversations about what does joining the group mean, and really partner up with those groups through a you know a DSO structure to help provide services to those community practices, and you know jointly scale together. You know, obviously the DSO platform and that you know practice practicing partner doctor in that one location. So we're pretty excited about the solution. And I, you know, it's uh, been a long time coming. Yeah. A- amen to that. I mean, um, you are a genius and you come up with 90% of the, the brilliant ideas that we have here at, uh, uh, at Polaris. But I, I think there's a, a long way between idea and execution. And this was one that it took us a while, um, but we're, we're really confident in it. One thing I want to echo that you mentioned, and I think I've touched on this and maybe one of the two prior podcasts, but you know, this is another win-win solution. And I know that that sort of phrase gets tossed about um, with uh, too liberally, let's say, or too frequently. Um, this is one that, that does reflect the same philosophy uh, through which we approach the associate equity dilemma. And if you kind of rewind the tape just a little bit, we talk about associate equity from a, an earned equity standpoint, profits, interest, or restricted stock. From a win-win context, because the associate gets to earn equity in a business without actually having to buy equity in a business. But the only way he or she can earn equity in a, in a business is through superior performance, which increases the value of the founder's shares that they do retain over that period of time. So it is the rising tide that lifts all boats. And that same sort of train of thought applies to the affiliations model because there are a tremendous amount of successful solo practice owners that are mid-career that are nowhere near approaching a sale of their business. Quite frankly, they would probably view that type of a sale of their business as surrender or capitulation. Um, They're prideful owners. They've built successful businesses but they've also taken those businesses as far as they probably can on their own. But they don't want to be another just cog in the wheel of a multi-hundred location enterprise level DSO. And the doctor-founded and debt-funded groups that we work with that are successful, that have proof of concept, and they have that strong back end with them, it's usually an easier fit from that mid-career seller of a or mid mid-career affiliate of a, a successful solo practice 
and the, the doctor-founded debt-funded group. There's a better connection there. There's a better sense of partnership. There's a better sense of collaboration. And it really is more of a win-win for both parties in that context. So I think that this affiliations is going to do for expansion and growth strategy every bit the same um, and have the same effect as what our associate and executive equity models have been uh, from an earned equity context. And I think that that's going to be something that's going to be really um, interesting to see it play out in the coming years. And and I can't wait to be a part of it. So um, as if you couldn't tell from an audience standpoint, Walker and I are very excited about this concept. We think it has a lot of merit. And, um, and and we're looking forward to, um, you know, many months to come of, of sharing some of the, the greater specificity of it. So, DeWalker, why don't we talk through a little bit um, about like how to execute on the concept, for lack of a better term, or how to think through that execution? Do you want to take it from the top there? Uh, sure. Yes. I think, uh, you know, first of all, you know, for uh, any uh, of our audience members, they want to kind of think about what, what, is the, what are they trying to build in their market? You know, what's going to be their growth strategy? Um, you know, some of our audience members just do pure de novo models. Some of our audience members uh, traditionally would have just looked at a pure acquisition model in space, uh, whether it's an underperforming practice, uh, whether it's being represented by a transactional broker in the space. And, and that's probably the two models they would have been looking at. Uh, so I think, you know, expanding the dynamic would be, okay, so, you know, the novice for us might be working well, traditional acquisitions might be working well. In our previous podcast, we've talked about mergers rather than just acquisitions in the space. And, you know, we're expanding beyond that to say, okay, you know, what is the, what does what the community look like of doctors I know in this, you know, with 30 to 50 mile radius that have built good practices that don't need chips off the table that want to maintain the equity they've built so far, but just want a larger platform to help them support their current operations and more importantly, help them get to their full potential of their practice. So this might be uh, a colleague um, that you know or a friend you know in the community that has a six-chair practice, eight-chair practice, Currently, they're at four chairs, doing about eight hundred thousand or million dollars, which is, I think, a very respectable, uh, respectable number for a four-chair facility. And they're trying to figure out, you know, if hey, if I have six or eight chairs, you know, how do I get to that, you know, two million to two point four million dollar number? And you, being the bigger group practice DSO, you know, might have resources at a centralized level through a, a centralized call center facility billing, marketing support, regional support, just allow them to grow their business and help them run their operations. And uh, uh, those are the kind of, uh, that's the client you want to go after or the doctor you want to go after. So, you know, first of all, to understand, you know, what are you trying to build? Uh, Has your current model been working? Is this a new model you want to start evaluating that might be a good fit for you? Um, Are you currently limited by any bank debt or bank solutions? Or you want to preserve, more importantly, if you're really being strategic, preserve that bank capital position or leverage position for a a traditional acquisitions or a merger with a rollover equity component. So if you're kind of thinking all those multifaceted approaches to your market, then, you know, starting to look at your strategy, I would say, okay, you know, I have 
you know, five, 10, 15, 25 people in the market. And then, you know, more importantly, from our previous podcast, I talked about pipeline flow. So first of all, to build the right amount of pipeline and, you know, start talking to the doctors in the space, marketing to the doctors in the space, you know, that, you know, maybe we should, you know, have a cup of coffee, lunch, dinner, and talk about what you're looking to do, what they're looking to do, and see if there's synergies. And, and from that aspect, understand what are, you know, based on their goals, not your goals as the group practice or emerging DSO, based on the partner doctor or prospect doctor's goals, are they a better fit for an acquisition? Are they a better fit for a merger with a rollover equity component? Or are they a better fit for an affiliation because they don't really need chips off the table? They want to maintain the equity they've built so far. They just need help to go from an $800,000 million facility uh, revenue to two, two and a half, three million dollar revenue position. Uh, they need to um, uh, support in improving patient experience, improving employee experience, um, and all around just create you know a bigger opportunity or helping them realize their potential without them having to work you know twelve hours a day to run their private practice uh, because they don't have the resources uh, out there. I'm obviously attracting human capital right now for the last year has been very difficult. Uh, that probably will be somewhat of a relative situation going into the end of the year next year. So you know these are the resources that the bigger groups have. So as far as execution goes, creating a pipeline, understanding if an affiliation client's the, the right uh, 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 solution for them. And then from there, you know, asking them, okay, you know, you know, what does partnership look like for them? And then from there, do you have the right regulatory structure talking about, you know, where their end goals are going to be as far as, you know, 1.8, 2.4, 2.5, the right practice, adding services, uh, this could be a GP practice aggregating with the pedo or an ortho practice. So, you know, this doesn't have to be the same clinical service set. So from there on an execution side, having the meetings in person, creating the demand or the interest, and then getting the advisors on the call together. You know, one could be us, could be their CPA for both parties, could be, you know, we work with several councils that understand this product and having councils for both sides. And really working towards a sales process. I call it a sales process because you know, whenever you're trying to aggregate uh, and bring in a partnership, there is some component of sales to it to bring in and 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 uh, in, in a consummating a partnership. You know, working towards a sales process of 120 to 180 days to converting that. But I think if people can do this successfully, they could be you know uh, aggregating through aff- uh, affiliations at least one, if not two, practice per year depending on their pipeline flow, depending on their infrastructure they have today. So, and if I was looking at a business uh, uh, business plan and a specific demographic, I typically look at one acquisition and two acquisitions per year, just because it's going to be a rule of numbers out there, probably one or two mergers a year and probably one or two affiliations a year. You know, so that gives me a range of anywhere from three to six practices per year that I'm aggregating. And, and as far as a scale and size that would allow for that, that's probably going to be somebody around six to 10 practices that has, has a centralized uh, support. That's probably going to be somebody that's been able to step back clinically from four days a week down to one day a week, um, maybe one day every two weeks, somebody that can work on the business, somebody that has a uh, director of operations, a regional manager 
So these are all the kind of things you need to be able to kind of scale at that level and execute on that because you really need to uh, be engaged in this process, not only from your end to make sure, you know, you're uh, doing the due diligence, bringing the right partner in, but also creating the experience for that partner doctor um, that is entrusting you to to lead the process and be the subject matter expert and be there with them step by step. And I think uh, you know some of the audience members that <clears throat> are listening to us today, you know, if they come down to our seminar in November in Charlotte, you know, we're going to be spending two days on a granular step by step process of you know what does a legal structure need to look like, what happens in a legal process to to accommodate this financial reporting wise, due diligence wise for both sides. Uh, so we'll we'll break that down over two days and really talk do you know sales conversations of what are going to be some of the questions that come up from a partner doctor's perspective, not just in affiliations but mergers and acquisitions, and also from your perspective of what you may need to be providing to make this you know partnership work. And lastly, you know once you consummate that partnership, it really the the harder part I think start starts then because now you have to grow the business uh, and deliver you know, the, the value and uh, value add and the service uh, that you're supposed to provide as a DSO. So I think that's going to be the process over, you know, for, for our audience members. Yeah. Excellent points. All of those to Walker. And, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't just take a second to reiterate that, you know, this is an exciting concept. Like I said, we're excited about it, judging from some of the uh, reaction and the inquiries we've gotten from the marketplace uh, it it hit home with a lot of people, but let let's be disciplined as we grow our business, and let's understand that affiliations are are the concept is one tool in the toolbox, right? It is not the right tool for everything all the time. Um, so you need to you need to think about your growth strategy from a uh, a multifaceted approach, really. There could be some compelling reasons to have a de novo component of a growth strategy. There could be some compelling reasons to have a, you know, straight pure play buyout um, uh, type of an acquisition, 100% in cash, and the seller walks away or retires, transitions out shortly thereafter. There could be a compelling reason to have a merger component. Maybe it's a smaller group, like DeWalker indicated, or Maybe it's uh, somebody that that just wants to merge his or her large footprint, uh, single location practice in. And then affiliations are a, a different tool in the toolbox uh, to get acquisitions done. And, and you want to understand where each tool is best deployed and it's the best solution for both what you're trying to achieve, driving the bus, but also for what that target opportunity is trying to achieve if they have something beyond just a pure play exit in mind. So important to understand, be able to compare and contrast all these different methodologies and know, know when to use the right one to create the greatest impact for all parties concerned. That's, that's incredibly important here. Um, you know, so we're talking through uh, executing on the concept and things, things to think about. Let's sort of turn the tables a little bit and and talk about maybe some of the pitfalls to avoid along the same train of thought, um, because I think there can be some um, in addition to 
just not thoroughly understanding the concept um, from a, a detailed nature, but but there's some others beyond that. Uh, DeWalker, do you want to take a lead on it, and I'll play off what you uh, what you have to say. Sure. Uh, so I think yeah, as far as some of the pitfalls, number one, I think Perini just said it, which is not understanding the product on, on a uh, holistic level and on what the value adds for you may be as a as the uh, DSO, emerging DSO. And then also what the value adds may be for the participating or partnering doctor. I think that's probably the number one pitfall. So uh, uh, very important to understand that. And our seminar will kind of provide that more on a granular level. Uh, exclusive of that, I think, is to understand the legal structure, um, understanding what uh, how the legal structure has to be from your lens, what it means from their end. Um, another pitfall might be to just offer one solution. Um, and and uh, not understanding the economics of how economics may play in a profits, interest, or affiliation structure model. I think that's a very important one. Is uh, 50-50 the right structure in a profits, interest, affiliation, or 70-30, or 60-40? I think that's very important to understand um, um, you know, when you're looking to affiliate. And then also, uh, you know, really big pitfall would be is that partner doctor and affiliate doctor, even though they're retaining their current equity position in an affiliation, uh, are they ready for a partner? Are they ready to have a, a, a colleague, a leader doctor, or a larger group uh, help them support their growth model? And, and you know, just like any integration, uh, no matter how uh, in sync the visions may be, aligned the visions may be, there's still some level of two different cultures integrating between the DSO and the partnering doctor and really focusing on how that integration is going to work, how that introduction is going to work. That's going to be very impactful for you know, doctors that are affiliating. And that's important, again, in any merger and any acquisition. I think those are very um, relevant issues, but I think they get really highlighted and uh, and I uh, want to be aware of those in an affiliation. So that's another pitfall, accounting practices. Uh, who's going to be doing the accounting? What does the chart of accounts look like? What is your role and responsibilities as far as reporting and engagement with the partner doctor? Um, I think we a lot of times we'll look at uh, when they're the DSO or the, uh, um, the the platform that they don't have the reporting and uh, accountability to the practice partner. But I think in the affiliation model, you you, uh, you really do. So if, uh, really the affiliation model, I think, puts a lot more ownership on the um, the DSO or the emerging platform to execute and deliver their services ever more than before than just a straight acquisition or even a merger. And I think uh, any any decision point in a merger needs to have improved uh, execution post-transaction because whenever you merge your business or whenever you acquire a business, you're obviously uh, you know, making that integration because there's synergy of um uh, within platform, there's probably some EBIT expansion available there. Uh, and then, you know, more than likely, you, you saw some vision in what the seller or partner doctor may be doing and what you may be able to take it to do. So maybe grow it by 2x or 3x. <clears throat> I think all those things get exponentially highlighted in an affiliation model. Um, and I think those are the pitfalls that people on a high level need to be thinking through and saying, okay, you know, is, is the affiliation the right solution for me? And I wouldn't say it's not the right solution for people because they don't understand it or they think it's going to be harder. If anything, it allows you to, um, you know, integrate without debt. So there's a lot of benefits uh, through acquisitions and integrations through affiliation. So 
uh, but understanding the the granular details, I think, is very important to execution. Yeah, I, and and I think that uh, that execution around the delivery of services, you know, the which is the promise um, uh, for both parties that creates the upside. So much like if I go back and draw a parallel around associate equity, because maybe that's a little bit easier for our audience to to digest because they've heard it so often and, and we've rolled out so many of these plans. But from the associate context, you know, it's an earned equity model. So the theory is that they earn equity above and beyond a threshold of performance. If they don't surpass that threshold, then they don't earn any equity. Right, but if they do exceed that threshold, then they earn twenty cents on the dollar or some amount in company stock, and that's the the beautiful performance orientation from an associate context. Again, if we talk about it from an affiliations context, the affiliate, the solo practice—I say solo; it doesn't have to be, but um, nine times out of ten, it would be the solo practice is already successful and they created that success without you, the group practice. The only way that you create any equity for yourself is to execute those delivery of services to either reduce costs or grow revenues or both. And in that case, both parties come out ahead and that's where the win-win is. So the 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 my fear candidly is that uh, there are people who assemble groups that haven't really um, perfected the delivery of administrative services or marketing or recruiting or just those services that that create the uh, the lift in revenue and the reduction in cost structure. Uh, and they they chase an affiliation type of a strategy and and ultimately the the performance isn't there, and there's no equity created, and it falls kind of flat. And that's not why we're doing what we're doing. So we have to make sure that that not only do we believe that our group has the ability to execute on that promise, but we have proof of concept and we have quantifiable examples where we have um, and that we know we can do that with uh, the affiliates that, that want to join uh, our group. So there, there are other things to keep in mind, but I think that's the big one because that's where the big payoff is for me. Suffice to say, um, this is a very intricate type of a strategy and it's it's not readily apparent and that's what makes it innovative right but that's why we're here to teach it uh to walk it through and and to hopefully um apply it to the best of our ability and to our clients abilities too so it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun uh as it unfolds uh DeWalker, any uh yeah, concluding so, comments on this uh before we wrap up today's show yeah i mean as again i think there's i'll just kind of share a little bit of math here I think uh, in affiliations, it could be very, very impactful and very attractive for a you know uh, uh, audience member here to to kind of really evaluate if this is the right solution. Um, you know, I'll, I'll kind of do a little bit of math here. So, let's say you know you're talking to somebody that is um, you know got a six or eight year facility, um, and they have a million dollar you know value practice. Let's just use that you know because we can go into EBITDA and revenues and and all those aspects of the granularity. Uh, but let's say they have a million dollar value practice. And if you could partner up with them, you know, improve um, patient experience, provide better employee experience through reducing call volume in the office, you know, for any kind of maybe uh, billing issues, things like that, and take that away from them, create better e-claims process or insurance uh, claims uh, education, 
um, improve um, um, uh, potential, you know, service providers because you are a DSO, you have more access to um, other providers within your facility that might be able to be fill-in doctors, all these things. And, you know, over an undefined period, you can improve the value of that practice, let's say from a million dollars to two million or two and a half million, you know, less than two and a half million. Then you improve that one per, uh, uh, relationship by one and a half million dollars in equity. Let's say you are in that relationship at a engagement level of uh, affiliation that's 50% profit interest. Uh, well, that's $750,000 in uh, additional equity for you, $750,000 additional equity for the partnering doctor. And let's say you were to replicate that process 10 times within your market, again, through an undefined period. And again, a lot of the ownership relies on both parties to, to execute, but more on the DSO. So now you've taken that replicated success 10 times, 750,000 times 10 is $7.5 million in equity. So you've created $7.5 million in equity on balance sheet, and you've taken on zero debt to achieve that. I think that's very impactful and, and very powerful to kind of think from your lens. Uh, and then more importantly, you know, think about the value you're providing to that partner doctor. You know, they were, you know, uh, working hard, you know, might have been 5, 10, 15 years in practice, uh, doing the best they can, um, you know, created a million dollars in equity for themselves. And, you know, you, you were able to partner up with them and improve the value of their practice from a million to two and a half million. Um, they were able to improve their equity on the balance sheet from a million to a million seven five, um, and really enjoy you know what they're doing because they got to see their vision through through your help. So I think that it's it's very rewarding on an economic and, and value creation basis for the emerging DSO, but it's also impactful to give back to the community and allow those doctors to realize the full potential of their practice. And you know it's it's a win win. I think you know Perrin, as you said. So I think if you start thinking through the economic value that you're able to create as far as equity and balance sheet, you know, it's anywhere from $5 million to $10 million, depending on how successfully you can execute on the strategy uh, within your local demographic. So uh, it's a pretty cool solution, pretty cool product. Uh, you know, there's obviously a lot of execution process that, you know, we'd be working on. Uh, but I, I hope some of the audience members are able to attend our event in November. I think it'd be very impactful for them. And it costs you no debt to do it, right? <laughs> Obviously, we're uh, uh, we're really excited about this. You can't say that enough, and and um, love the love the market response and the fanfare that that we've heard up to this point. And and obviously, this is going to be something that we'll be talking about uh, for the foreseeable future. And there'll be more opportunities to to engage with us, probably at a working group level, or maybe even at a a seminar level as well around some of these uh, some of these things. So. Great stuff, DeWalker. Strategies and tactics around affiliations. This has been uh, another tour de force, and I, I really appreciate um, you joining me on the podcast today. Obviously, I, I hope that all of our audience is finding a lot of value in the podcast and um, that it's educational and that a lot of these things make you think and think hard about how you might be able to apply them in your business. If you've got questions or comments, you know how to reach me. Feel free to send me an email. It's Perrin at PolarisHealthcarePartners.com. Stick around. We'll be right back with some additional thoughts and to wrap up the show.
Well, that was a ton of fun. Again, sincere thanks to DeWalker for joining me on the podcast today. I didn't really give him too many options, so it's more of an obligation to be on the show. But I know you all got a lot out of everything that he has to share with us. He really is a wealth of information. And let's face it, it's easier than listening to me for the full 30 minutes of the show, you know. Before we wrap things up, I do want to take just a quick second and refresh a press release, a social post, social media posting, um, and an email blast that we sent out about something called a working group session. Um, For those of you who have followed myself and DeWalker for a while, you know that we're um, not necessarily big on seminars and summits and death by PowerPoint and uh, um, that type of a, a setting. We're more roll your sleeves up uh, get down to business and and let's get to work on the subject matter at hand. Obviously, this concept of affiliations has really hit uh, home with so many people in the audience. We've gotten a lot of great response, tremendous amount of interest on it. And a lot of the questions center around how affiliations differ from something called a merger concept or a cap table merger that you've heard me talk about, as well as your traditional run-of-the-mill acquisition-based strategy. And uh, there are differences between all of those. And they're not the, each application is not the same. There are certain times to use one and not the other. There are certain acquisition targets or candidates or sellers that you want to approach in a certain way with, with the right tool in the toolbox. So this working group session is something that DeWalker and I have been batting around for a while and we decided let's let's rip it let's go for it we're going to host one and then we decided well we're going to keep them small and it's probably going to be better if instead of hosting one we host two of them so we're calling it mergers acquisitions and affiliations because we're going to cover all of those subjects and a lot more each working group session is going to be a two-day affair here in charlotte the dates are going to be november 4th and 5th for the first session and a week later, November 11th and 12th. The Walker and I will be the primary hosts. We are going to have uh, an atter- a different attorney join us for each of those sessions, and we're excited about that, be releasing more information about that as it comes available and as we nail things down. But really, the way to think through these sessions is going to be if you are the probably founder or lead partner in your group, whether you realize it or not, you're the de facto director of business development. That means it's up to you typically to source the targets for acquisition that you're going to acquire. And then you need to understand how do you want to acquire them? You want to buy them outright, 100% in cash? Do you want that seller to possibly roll some equity into your business? Do you want to use an affiliation strategy around profits interest units? Or do you want to find maybe a smaller group than yours and merge it into yours? So director of business development needs to understand what type of target he or she is looking at and looking for, and what's the right tool in the toolbox to make that target come, come into being for, uh, for the home team here. The other thing to understand is the process. The process can be lengthy. It can be different depending on the ac- application, and it can have different outcomes and different expectations. So we're going to walk through processes from proposals to a letter of intent, to the due diligence phase, to closing, and then to integration. 
We're also going to talk about ways to deploy equity concepts just like the big boys do. Enterprise-level DSOs use equity and use it to, the, to their best ability to get deals done, and it is usually a major selling point for a seller. And it's something that you need to think about in terms of creating things like minority partnerships, rolling equity, that affiliation strategy, obviously, and then cap table mergers like we mentioned. And then finally, it's important to understand when we talk about net equity and equity on balance sheet, how you can use that to accelerate your overall growth strategy. Those two days are going to be action-packed. It's going to be thick. It's going to be content-rich. And we're going to limit it to 10 people per session, also a limit of two per business. The reason for that is we want them to be small, intimate environments. We want people to roll up their sleeves and really get dirty with this. And it's going to be a lot of information in a pretty short period of time. We'll go through 100% acquisitions, meaning acquiring the business completely. We'll go through acquisitions with an equity role into your structure. We'll talk about affiliations through profits interest units, and then we'll talk about mergers. And over those two days, you're going to learn how to slice and dice all of this and use the right tool for the right application. Like I say, details are limited to 10 people per working group, maximum of two per business. The charge per person is $98.50 for the two days. If you're a Polaris consulting client, there's a $2,000 discount to $78.50 per day or per person to be on that. Dates, once again, are November 4th and 5th and the 11th and 12th. It's going to be here in Charlotte. We'll give you the venues and the hotel details and everything else like that upon registration. If you've got further questions, uh, feel free to email DeWalker directly on that at DeWalker, which is D-I-W-A-K-A-R at PolarisHealthcarePartners.com. I'll link to all the registration information as well as a downloadable PDF that you can access in the show notes, and I would encourage you to do so. Suffice to say, we think both of these are going to sell out and sell out pretty quickly. So if you are interested, please do reach out to us. We'd love to have you join us. And we're really, really appreciative of all the great fanfare we've heard in response to the affiliations concept and overall growth strategy through acquisitions. So that was certainly a lot of fun today, a lot of detail to cover. Um, and uh, once again, sincere thanks to DeWalker for joining us. Uh, today was a, a, a really fun podcast to host. Um, and they seem to hopefully get better and better as, as we go on with them. I hope you are genuinely getting a lot out of the content that we share. We try very hard to make it applicable uh, and something um, you know, educational, for lack of a better term, uh, for you in the audience. So I appreciate the compliments we receive so very often. I thank you very much for being a subscriber and a listener out there. If you do have questions, Feel free to submit them directly to me at Perrin at PolarisHealthcarePartners.com. I'll even try to read and answer them in an upcoming episode. And of course, you can find out a lot more about us on our website at www.PolarisHealthcarePartners.com. We'll see you on the next episode of the Group Practice Accelerator Podcast.